0: Hello, I'm Tristan Miller and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality of mental health and the arts. This program is possible in part by Patreon. You can find us at our new home, patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support us there. This week I talk to podcaster, YouTuber, and father, Mike Graham. Here he is talking about support for bipolar disorder
1: find somebody find support Mm -hmm. find support and the the bad thing about that is not everyone has it but if you have the ability to have family support like things can get so weird with bipolar Mm -hmm. sometimes not all the time but sometimes you need people there to keep you grounded Mm -hmm. whenever things are going weird (laughs) yeah so I would say if yeah find support you know confide in someone uh you're going to be surprised when people say they understand you.
0: If you're in New York City or plan to be, I'm currently working on a show called Manic Impressive about my experience with bipolar disorder. It's every first Wednesday of the month at Artifix Entertainment in Queens in the Misfit Hive Theater. All right, let's get to the interview. You said you had this other YouTube channel. What was that about? If you want to talk about Oh, that. that's
1: fine. Back in the day, and I'll just ask real quick, did you ever see, uh, you look like, what, you're in your mid-20s? Yeah. Okay, so you might not know what this is. It, if you ever saw a video called um, iPhone 4 versus HTC Evo with two bears yelling at each other and cussing.
0: I have seen that. Title, yes I okay. can tell you that much It sounds familiar
1: Okay, so we made that video
0: Very cool, okay And,
1: uh, it, and we, we had been making stuff already Like mm-hmm. on that channel Like we had a, a video called rave Ravepocalypse mm-hmm. And it was about And it was a live action video Like it I was like the main character And that's a video about A, a society where aliens take over the world And they ban all forms of music mm-hmm. And entertainment and the main character was a former raver, known mm-hmm. as the best in the county.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the world, just the county. Dude, that's yeah, very that's good. part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And
1: so when they, they they get a hold of him one day and they're gonna do bad things to him and mm-hmm. he, he thinks he's gonna die and so he just breaks out uh, in a techno dance and it turns out mm-hmm. to be their only weakness. Uh-huh. And so it's a, it, he defeats the aliens <laughs> with techno dancing and it's just just horrible. A plus. <laughs> anyway, so th- we had a that's just an example that we mm-hmm. were we were doing stuff and the channel was really just about us sharing funny things back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we made that video and it, I mean, like Brian is the mm-hmm. s- like m- mostly the sole source of that. Actually, okay. we were making these kinds of videos and sending them back, and that was one that he sent to us. Like, haha, look at this because mm-hmm. we we all worked at Best Buy mm-hmm. and sold mobile phones, and that's what that video is about. It's about just bagging on weird <laughs> customers, asking dumb questions, and uh, like the next day it had like four million views, and you know how it goes viral. It went viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, well, this story's real weird. So then it just kept getting more and more. Uh huh. Um, and then Brian got a phone call one day, and we were actually there, and uh, I cannot remember his first name, but um, Dennis Miller's brother, uh-huh. who is like the guy who runs Funny or Die, yes, called him on the phone. Wow And he asked Brian And he had no idea that Brian worked with me And our other mm-hmm. guy Dominic uh, And wrote stuff together Jason was actually involved in this too He did a lot mm. of the shooting He actually mm. shot Apocalypse. Jason, my brother, he's here taking pictures right now And uh, So he asked him to come down But he's like, vacation season's about to happen in Hollywood So mm-hmm. it was like July And he set the date for like The first week of September mm-hmm. And so we drove to meet him and we got to like their building, and we went in, and he came into this j- giant room, right? Like 40 chairs around this thing. They gave us chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he had absolutely no idea who we were, mm-hmm. or did not remember calling us, uh, did not remember setting up a date to meet us, and uh-huh. it was actually really heartbreaking, and a lot of hurt feelings I, on our parts. I bet, like, yeah. We brought but... pitches and all sorts of things. We had like uh-huh. a few show ideas and that kind of thing. Yeah, and like we thought he took us seriously as writers because that's Mm -hmm. that's what that that channel is about was like writing. Yeah, Um, and or at least took Brian seriously, I should say, as a writer because he was he's definitely the main drive there. Mm-hmm. But uh so that yeah, that's the story of that. and then we, we basically kind of stopped after we, well, we got signed by this agency mm-hmm. in Canada okay and to write sitcom pitches. cool. And so we did that for a year uh-huh. and I mean it went absolutely nowhere and they fired <laughs> us. I mean nothing. I don't even know if they like they told okay. us that they had it on a couple desks and then they said that some station in Brazil was uh-huh. like, interested in it and uh, no nothing ever it was absolutely okay. Just nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But a ton of fun. So. Yeah.
0: Um, did you go to school for writing? Did you, or
1: no? No, no. Um, everything I do is just, I'm, you know, just weird and... Sure. <laughs> I uh, suppose, like, uh, I've always been just driven to, uh, I guess it's more about entertaining. Mm-hmm. I've always been driven to entertain. So yeah. when I was eight years old, I started my first group. Mm-hmm. We were called the A&M Groovy Group. I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, in my mind, I could make this a thing. Uh-huh. And we were lip syncing, you know, sugar, sugar, do, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, then I, like, made comic books when I was, like, 11. And then I, I actually, I joined a band when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I actually did that from when I was 13 to I was 28. Mm-hmm. And because, I think I got kind of trapped in that world, which I, I loved music, I loved making music the process of it but it was i guess it's more been about entertaining Mm -hmm. but i sort of stayed in that world because my first band was we were like a pop punk band back in the late 90s early 2000s yeah and we you know nothing big in by any means but we you know some local label signed us and it was like a big deal for me you know Mm -hmm, yeah and so i i guess i just always just you know Oh, it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> just you know, every every band that doesn't make it, that thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, did that for a long time, and, and then, I just always made stuff. And when I would run into somebody new that was interested in doing anything with me, mm-hmm. I would do that, and it didn't matter what it was. So yeah, yeah.
0: So what do you do now? Do you do the podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. and the that, show?
1: Okay, so I am out here in New York right mm-hmm. now, and and I just wanted to tell you. Because we're super excited about what's happening. So I'm a co-host of a podcast called Pop Psych 101. Mm -hmm. It is a... I co-host with a therapist. So I have Mm -hmm. a therapist on the show. That's Ryan who interviewed you. Yeah. And me who has a mental illness or Mm -hmm. diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And we come at mental health from... We both have to do it every day. Mm -hmm. But for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And then so what we do is we take mental health in like books, movies, and TV... Mm-hmm. and break down what they're showing us and whether it's accurate and mm-hmm. what it, or then if it's not, then we explain what it's like in real life. Sure, and what it really ends up being like, it's like not a movie review thing. We mm-hmm. use these pop culture references and we talk about it throughout the whole thing, but we, we use it as a diving board into the subject. And mm-hmm. so we talk about treatment and all these things. The idea being to entertain while entertain while educate mm-hmm. educating. Uh, it's great it's a, it's a really good podcast and mm-hmm. and we're doing a good job and we're actually I'm out here in New York right now because our podcast hosting company yeah invited us here to record at their headquarters mm-hmm. which is cool because they thought we were cool and mm-hmm. so that's neat and then um anyway so it's just a cool podcast if you guys think that's a neat idea and you can you don't even have to throw this in there but if you do it's no, it's, it's poppsych101.com and we're on every mm-hmm. podcast platform that you can find us at, and it's every Monday. And, you know, we do, like we did Lars and the Real Girl mm-hmm. and Silver Lang's Playbook. So we just do yeah. it all, and we talk about PTSD and bipolar disorder, and mm-hmm. sometimes they can be fun. We just did yeah. an, we just did a Halloween it episode about phobias. That was fun. Yeah. But what do you do, like, outside of that as well? I'm a stay-at-home dad. Okay. That's nice. Uh, this is by choice. Uh-huh. I, I was a onboarding manager for... A pretty large grocery company, so I okay. was like the head of hiring for the mm-hmm. for their whole company.
0: So you had like a decent job. In that I, I had a very decent job. Yeah,
1: and I mean, if we want to get deep, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh so, uh so I'm I'm bipolar. Yes, I'm. It's actually I'm bipolar too, and mm-hmm. also major depressive. So I have major depressive disorder.
0: Okay, so it's comorbid and stacked on top of each other. Absolutely.
1: Cool. And well, okay, <laughs> which has also led to some extreme existentialism. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. And, you know, I was actually telling my brother-in-law yeah. earlier today that we had we were talking about this story, and this is last May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going through, I was coming off a manic, and yeah. going into the bad part. Yeah. And so, being bipolar two, mm-hmm. that's the more that's the worst part. Okay, you think so? Uh, for what? Well, I mean, that's how it feels for me, I suppose, and that's how it's mm-hmm. also been explained. Sure So like And this is common uh, As far as what I've been told And this is how my symptoms are Is You don't quite get manic You -hmm. get Instead of Instead of getting hyper manic You get hypomania Yeah So It's more of just Energetic Yeah Some people Like especially me Because I'm naturally Like uh, People have always just They always think I'm in a great mood And all Mm -hmm. these things Mm -hmm. And so Very gregarious Right yeah. And people don't notice if yeah. I'm... And, and I didn't notice for a long time. Sure. <laughs> looking back now, I see all these weird things. Oh, in yeah, head. for sure. <laughs> right. And and then I I I was going into the down part. Yeah. And now I will say, like, I did like that job a lot. hmm And I love my coworkers, but I was just walking through the office on one side of the building one day, and I was looking at some of the people in their cubes. Mm-hmm. And I... And this is not them at all. This is just my perspective in this moment. So I'm not speaking for how they actually feel when I say this, but they, Mm -hmm. they, to me, they looked like they were already dead sitting in their chairs. Yeah. And it just dawned on me, and I've always been aware of this, but Mm -hmm. how short our lives are. Yeah. And how there's, there's no opportunity to do it the way you want to, Mm -hmm. unless you do it. Yeah. I, I cried. Uh huh. And I went and packed my stuff and I left and I walked out, mm-hmm. and that was the last time I had a job. Oh, so now I I drive Uber mm-hmm. and I edit people's podcasts for extra cash, mm-hmm. and I make uh I make like promotional videos, these Very little cool. like Instagram, Facebook specific videos that, that mm-hmm. people like. They're pretty cheap, like hundred bucks a pop for thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and I can make a pretty cool video that people will watch. Mm-hmm. It, and that's that's how I make ends meet. I just mm-hmm. kind of. Wherever people will let me, will pay me to do something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that you're okay with doing. Yeah, yeah that yeah, makes yeah. sense. That absolutely. I faced a lot of very similar feelings being right. working in like the service industry and and now in retail, where at a certain point you're like, Why am I here? What am I doing? None of this matters. We're all dying. We're all already yes. dead. Yes. Oh. And that kind of it's stuff. So fast. Yeah, and it's just like it stacks on top of each other. You kind of go whoa. Just ask the person what they want for dinner. Like, that's all like, we're doing here right like, now.
1: They could be totally fine with all this. Oh, yeah. They don't care about what you're thinking. They want their steak or their burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, so your stay-at-home dad, you have kids then?
1: Yeah, I have two kids. I have a three-year-old, Ben, mm-hmm. and a one-year-old, Josephine. How is... Who are amazing, by the way. Well, oh, good. I'm glad. Um, and my, but my wife is better. She's number one. <laughs>
0: How has your illness impacted your, your fatherhood, do you think? Has it been more difficult to adjust? Like, kids keep you up all night, and that can trigger a manic episode and stuff like that. It's very bad. Yeah?
1: It's very bad. It's hard for me. It's hard being a dad for me. Yeah? Even though I do it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not always the greatest dad. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, it's a source of guilt and shame and all sorts of different things. Uh-huh. Uh, And if if anyone listening to this is wondering why I'm just coming out and saying things and being so, it it, my goal in my life is to be transparent about this stuff. It's one of my goals is to help people Mm -hmm. say this stuff if they choose to. Mm -hmm.
0: And what are the what are the kind of difficulties you face as a father? Do you think it's stress? Yeah.
1: uh, My son, he's three, and a lot of people would say when I. Start saying this is well, three year olds are just that way. Mm -hmm. My son is a little different than other three year olds, and Mm -hmm. people who even told me that and then had experiences with my son always. I've had people call me and go, I see what you're saying now. Okay, he is relentless. Uh huh. Um, I can't explain him, he's a wonderful, kind, amazing kid, Mm -hmm. but he's relentless. So the day starts, Mm -hmm. and I'm I try to start off on a good foot, right. Of course. He's very whiny, right? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) And I know that three year olds are like this, but it's the the thing about him is that it just it never stops. No Uh matter what. No matter what. No matter and I've tried, you know, we've looked into like what we've talked about doing love and logic, the classes, but we've taken every bit of advice from everyone to Mm -hmm. kinda curb these things and help him understand that he doesn't have to like talk like that to get a drink of water or Mm -hmm. whatever it is he's needing. And, but he just doesn't stop. And so it's like the day wears on. And Mm -hmm. eventually I start. And I always have every day for me, I have a pretty low dip. And most people do, you know, two or three in the afternoon. People get tired. Well, mine is like really foggy. And like I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel really bad. Sure. Towards the middle of the day. And that's just, I don't know what it is. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm not. I try my hardest, and I mm-hmm. and I definitely always know. But every once in a while, I'll will snap and I'll I'll yell. Uh huh. It's usually like a one or two word yell, but mm-hmm. it's pretty from like the yeah. chest. Like it's yeah. a, like a blood it, curdling like stop this. And yeah. then I I always apologize. Like mm-hmm. I know it sounds terrible, but I always tell him it's not his fault that I yelled. Mm-hmm. I always tell him that is me mm-hmm. and not your fault. You did yeah. nothing wrong. Yeah, and so that's kind of how
0: that goes. Yeah, that is that must be very difficult. Specifically, wanting to do right by your son, but also like having a hard time managing your mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must be very difficult for you. Um, and I appreciate you being candid about that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. a hard thing to do because I think a lot of parents want to pretend they're the best parent they ever, or they're like.
1: They at want to be level. seen, you know, they, they post the stuff on thing mm-hmm. And I get that. I'm not even talking down. I'm glad you're, mm-hmm. everyone's posting the fun stuff and not yeah. the bad
0: stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a 20-minute video of me yelling at my son. Uh,
1: yeah. Whew. But, yeah, that absolutely
0: makes sense, though, that would be aggravating um, because one of the symptoms of bipolar disorder is like a severe agitation a lot of the time yeah and that must be very difficult for young children and i i've taught i've never been a parent so far but i have taught kids and Mm -hmm. i do remember having that level of frustration and having to excuse myself and have another teacher mind them and go listen right i need a moment so Mm -hmm. i don't snap and that's it's hard it's Mm -hmm. hard to manage one's mood um how does your out of How's your
1: relationship?
0: How's your relationship with your wife? Um,
1: <laughs> Ooh, can we do the rest of the episode like that? Oh,
0: sure, if you want to. I mean, I suppose if you wanted to, but I think the listeners at home would eventually just rip out their <laughs> earbuds. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm um,
1: pressing stop. Mm-hmm.
0: How did she handle the news and that kind of stuff of that year this way, or did she know
1: from the moment you met? I told her basically as soon as I fell in love with her. Okay. And, and the dirty details. I told uh-huh. her everything. And I've had a very rough go since mm-hmm. I was like nineteen, and I've yeah. had some pretty intense swings. I've been sure. in, I've been in the hospital three times. Oh wow! Uh, well, excuse me. I've been inpatient twice, mm-hmm. and I've been an intensive outpatient once. Mm-hmm. So meaning that you have to keep going back every day for like an sure. extended period of time, and that's just that. Uh, and that's just those three things <laughs> sure. the, 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 and those those are actually like better than like some of the other crazy stuff that happened but no yeah. i was up front with her completely and uh-huh. told her hey you know i'm a diag. i'm diagnosed have mental illness yeah you know, like real full mental illness yeah you know, and i'm, I'm just not, not, bummed out sometimes right, <sighs> yeah right it's a it's a real thing and mm-hmm. here's the symptoms mm-hmm. this will be a problem yeah right
0: and how did she react
1: oh she was like i don't care Ugh. I have your back
0: That's incredible
1: To the point where Well my wife and I met in mm-hmm. February mm-hmm. Of the year we met uh-huh. And we moved in In, I told her I loved her at four weeks Okay Or maybe even less It might have been two I can't okay. remember It was very quick Yeah I mean it was, it was love at first sight Yeah like Basically I knew I could love her the day I met her Sure And then two weeks later I was like and I do now. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's amazing. She mm-hmm. really is. Like everyone who meets her loves her. She's so she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so uh, yeah, she's definitely the the rock in the relationship. You know, she mm-hmm. holds everything together. Uh, she right before we got married though. Well, whoa, well, whoa, whoa, okay. So I love you at like two or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Moved in at four months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Proposed at five months. Okay. Married at a year and three months. Okay. And I mean, we haven't, we've, this is the longest we've spent apart is like right now. Oh, wow. While I'm in New York. Yeah. Wow. That sounds wonderful. Not that we haven't had our ups and downs. <laughs> of course. For sure. Yeah. Uh, especially when she was pregnant with our second kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a very stressful period for us. But I was also going through an episode and had, I, mean, I didn't, I mean, I knew I was, but I didn't know how bad it was at the time.
0: Understood. It's really difficult trying to. Do a self-diagnosis with that, like, Mm -hmm. like how difficult am I to deal with right now? Right. Because the emotions seem reasonable to you, and and yeah, that must that sounds like it would be stressful as well.
1: It hasn't always been great, though. Okay. There has been moments where I wasn't sure she was going to make it. Okay. For sure. Because I told we told her about these things, and Mm -hmm. then they didn't happen for a long time. Uh I I had a couple, a few really good years Uh where I didn't have any dramatic episodes that were, like, mm-hmm. really bad. Sure. She might, you know, almost unnoticeable. Definitely some depression and things mm-hmm. that is pretty normal for me. hmm And then this year happened. Okay. And I've, I've had, I mean, one of, the, you know, maybe maybe the top or, or the second worst of my life this last six, seven months. Okay. And it's been very hard on her. Uh-huh. But she... She doesn't waver She's yeah. uh, she's in That's the thing She always just says I, I'm i not going anywhere uh-huh. So When I say that some There's been times Where I thought That mm-hmm. she wouldn't make it That's never the truth mm-hmm. Like she's good And she will always be there That doesn't mean that This isn't very hard for her sometimes Yes I understand Okay, okay I just wanted to yeah. Make clear that I love her And she loves me Both dearly But <laughs> it's not always <laughs> awesome and, and some of it and you now she's understanding, but some of it is my fault.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That uh, makes sense and that seems like a healthy way to approach it. But what was it like in in the hospital? Jail? It was like jail.
1: I would, you know, uh I have Uh, Not, you know, these aren't, like, traumatic memories, Mm -hmm. but I did not like being in the hospital Mm -hmm. to the point where I would uh, fake being okay, so they would let me out. Of course, yeah. And I'm I'm good at doing that, Mm -hmm. like, smiling and saying what they need to hear so that I can get out. Yeah. But, you know, you get there, and they take your shoelaces, and they, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean... I think in one of them I actually had, like, one of those gown, like, hospital Mm -hmm. gowns on, but with my jeans on underneath it. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Pick one, really, you know. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe that was me. Maybe I'm, this might be a false memory. I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, uh, I did not like it. No? And it it was always sort of my family Mm -hmm. made me go. Okay. One time when they found out about real plans of suicide. Mm-hmm. And the other when I told them that I was going to kill myself. So they were that's it was like, you know how it goes. The bottom yeah. of the barrel. I'm about to do something bad. Mm-hmm. I need help now.
0: That's interesting because I've mostly heard of um, people with bipolar disorder going to the hospital when they're in a manic episode. So that's interesting to hear the other way. That must have been very difficult to go through, not only feeling hopeless and then being put in a position that you don't enjoy. On a daily basis,
1: I would agree with that, but I think it's important mm-hmm. because it's an excellent first step. Yeah, in that moment, that can be the only thing that that okay, maybe I faked it, but then nothing—I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know—and not that I haven't had an attempt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's so very clear to those around you that it's time to get help. Yeah. And that's when rounds of therapy start mm-hmm. and, I, and you know when I was younger I didn't take care of myself psychologically. I would go to therapy until I felt better. Mm-hmm. I would take my meds until I felt better mm-hmm. and then be like I'm I'm fine again. That was just this thing and it's mm-hmm. no longer here. Yeah. Uh, I know better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it wasn't great. I didn't like it. Hey, that that makes sense. Um
0: <laughs> and you're from Missouri, right? Yeah. And ah, go ahead.
1: I'm so proud of you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Every, I'm from Kansas City and mm-hmm. everybody in the nation thinks Kansas City is in Kansas. It is not, is it is in Missouri. Mm,
0: how do you think culturally Missouri accepts people with mental illness?
1: Yeah okay. Great question. hmm Hard to say. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, Missouri's midwestern ish. Yeah. We are not <clears throat> as southerny as people would like to imagine us. Mm-hmm. Or even Kansas. Actually, Kansas is even probably less. Yeah. Uh I would say maybe down south in the Ozarks. Yeah, they're pretty hillbilly down there, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> But up north it's it's uh, you know, just, just regular mm-hmm. folk. <laughs> sure. I don't even say folk. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh Uh, It's actually funny you mention it because I was I was talking about it recently about how when I had my first like full breakdown I was I I was like 19 years old and I remember not knowing really what was going on no education about it at all Mm -hmm. right I thought I was dying obviously (laughs) like you do (laughs) and I I mean I would tell my friends and their response was. Like one of them was like, "This is all in your head." You realize uh. that? that none of this is real. Like you're crazy. Like, well, yes, that is true. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that is true more than you know when you're saying that. But there's just no one knew what it was. So yeah, but it's much better now. Yeah, and, and I think be a lot of that has to do with maybe not even not being Missouri, but just the general connection because of the internet and social media, mm-hmm. things that are the country is aware of, Missouri's aware of. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a ton better now. Yeah. Yeah. And so,
0: how, how did your family react as well? Um, huh. Yeah. Uh,
1: like, like, oof, oof. Well, not great at first, for sure. Okay. And I'm not thrown anyone under the bus here. I won't say who because mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not. I love this person dearly to this day, and of this course. is something that I think they regret. Mm-hmm. But they. To the point where they, they didn't really remember it until I, like, re-brought it up. But it's something they regret for sure. hmm And looking back, they just didn't understand to the point of yeah. this happening. So I was feeling very bad. And like I said, I'm bipolar too. The the downs for me are just so down, right? Yeah. And I was having that. So, sure. like, my mania is, is very manageable, my mania. hmm like I said, sometimes unnoticeable, but the mm-hmm. d- depression is, is horrible. Yeah, like yeah, like in in your life, horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it was happening, and I was missing work. And mm-hmm. this person came into the room I was staying in and strangled me, <gasps> and got in my face and screamed, "What is wrong with you?" Oh my god! Like like a like a blood curdling yeah shaking me and choking my neck. Now not like trying to kill me. Yeah. But just this deep so concerned Mm -hmm. yet so has no idea what's going on Uh, that was the only reaction that they could think of when that happened and this is a person who never did anything to me in my life Uh in this sense so yeah that was really weird
0: (laughs) yeah that is very I'm sorry I had to go through that that must have been very difficult to deal with specifically at the time as well. It
1: was. It was at the time, but it didn't, like, lodge in as, like, this horrible memory. Yeah. In fact, like, I I was... It was very easy to forgive it, actually. Okay. I mean, because I was confused, too. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) And so it was very easy to forgive this person, and... I really, it really wasn't that big of a deal, but mm. that day it was for sure. Sure. But it didn't like stick with me and I don't think about it all the time okay. and, and I don't view that person in that light by any means. Okay. So, so it's all good. And I, I just understood the reaction to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Okay. That makes sense. And, um. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, I didn't want my neck hurt, but. yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sure. Um, and then when you're first diagnosed and you're trying to figure it out, um, was, were you put in the hospital when you first. Diagnosed or what was the story there?
1: No, I went it alone. Okay. Uh, because it, I didn't know what was going on. Sure. So, well, my story is a little weird. I, mm-hmm. I started with panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, now what they tell me now is that I was probably having episodes like all throughout my teens, mm-hmm. and because teenagers are just insane as it is. Like, yeah, it's I just difficult. Don't to tell. know, don't remember, but you know, I didn't graduate high school. Okay. Uh, I walked out one day okay so there's signs I did a lot of drugs in high school uh-huh but you know you look and you think because that's that was the thing to do and mm-hmm. my friends mm-hmm. were doing it and I was in a you know, I was in a rock band yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were cool no it's not yeah. cool uh, but it, but like the noticeable stuff where it was like so intense started yeah. around 19 years old and it was intense panic Okay. It actually began, my band was going to Minnesota because, and and to make this very quick, and this was not a big deal, there was, old Sony Records was making this offshoot label, like an indie label, and they were looking for super indie bands, Mm -hmm. and so they selected like a hundred bands from around the nation to play in front of them and try to be on this label, we were one of those bands. Okay. And so we drove to Minnesota, where you're from. Yes. And I lost it. Yeah. It was, it was like the worst one of, it was very bad. It was uh-huh. very bad. Just, uh, but it was all panic. Like, yeah. heart racing. My lips were turning blue. I felt like I was going to pass out. I uh-huh. remember we were at the hotel and I just started running down the street uh-huh. because I, I didn't know what to do. And looking back, it was probably mania. Yeah. But I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I was panicking about it and I thought I was dying mm-hmm. and I had all this energy that I didn't know what to do with. I couldn't eat. Yeah. Uh, so, like looking back, like I'm having this manic episode, or mm-hmm. sp- maybe, or mi- I don't even know, but yeah. it, it felt so surreal. I remember like my surroundings were crazy looking, and mm-hmm. but I just really began like how things started intensifying as I got older, mm-hmm. and they continued to do so. Mm-hmm. so. And,
0: um, when did you first get your formal diagnosis?
1: Mid 20s. Okay. And right. what prompted that? Um, you know, there's actually a statistic, and I learned this from Ryan on my uh-huh. on my current like primary podcast. Uh-huh. Is there's a statistic, and he said it on one of our episodes that people, when they when their symptoms start, it like the average amount of time before they get help is like five or six years, something like that. Yep. And so it it was just that probably same mm-hmm. situation. It just took that long to realize that it wasn't going away. Understood.
0: That makes sense. And so did you just start with like therapy, or did you see a psychiatrist,
1: or what's the deal? Psychiatrist took longer to get into. Mm-hmm. And I started with therapy, mm-hmm. and very intermittent, mm-hmm. never consistent, mm-hmm. maybe for a few months. I always had problems with my therapist. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I don't know if it was me or them, but I did see a couple. My mm-hmm. family would send me to... Religious counselors at the beginning. and First off, let me say, I have no judgment on anyone's opinions Mm -hmm. or beliefs. Like, I back every... If you say you believe in this or you don't believe in that, like, I'm a supporter of both. I just want to say that. But I am an atheist. Uh Uh-huh. And... I did... Yeah. It was tough because I... That that makes sense. When they're trying to, you know, read the Bibles and tell me, you know, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Intermittent therapy, but mostly my primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. I would go to them, and they would just give me SSRIs or antidepressants.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can negatively react with people with who have bipolar disorder.
1: Just found that out this year. Understood. I actually had no idea until this year. They just no took de- me off antidepressants, finally.
0: Understood. Yep. And or
1: weaning me off, actually, because okay. I've been on for a long, long time.
0: That... Absolutely makes sense that you would have to take like a month chunk. And are yeah. you getting re-upped into like a mood stabilizer? Or?
1: Well, I've I've been on mood stabilizers. I was on Seroquel for a long time. Okay. And then I was on Abilify. All right. But Abilify makes me ragey. Oh, okay. Uh, That's like, no good. Not in the like I'm having a bad episode, but just like I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, constantly like yeah. Definitely like medicine-induced rage. Yeah. And But now I'm on, it's a new one. And I've only been on it for a couple of months and it's worked better than any of the other ones. And it's mm-hmm. because I don't have a lot of the negative, like tired, like knock you yeah. out sure. symptoms. Sure. But, uh, it really seems to help. And it's called like Lamotrigine. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it's called. It's so okay. new that I, mm-hmm. I, and I've read about it, but it's like one of these words. I can't remember. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, they make them long. On so trip. yeah. So no, I've, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, that makes sense. You mentioned briefly your use of, like, barbiturates and stuff. Do you think that exacerbated your condition? Oh, yeah. Yeah?
1: Oh, yeah. Would you think you were, like, self-medicating? Did you have any issues that way? Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And even when I stopped doing... So, like, I, you know, it started with Mm. weed. Mm -hmm. And not that I think weed's a gateway drug or anything, but that's where mine started and... Yeah, you know, we turned into cocaine, mm-hmm. and cocaine turned into acid, mm-hmm. and you know, or vice versa, whichever that order happened in. Sure, you know, and there's just like I would try anything,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I think I didn't really do a lot of this stuff a lot, except for I smoked weed a lot, and then I started drinking, mm-hmm. but then I stopped smoking weed because it made me have panic attacks. That makes sense. And I had the same thing. I drank heavily throughout mm-hmm. most of my twenties yeah. until I was about 28 years old and then and then I, st- I still drink you know I still drink to get drunk for a long time and mm-hmm. I've actually only in the last couple of years like really slowed down to where it's more of a social thing than mm-hmm. anything like I, I like drinking I still just like it like generally mm-hmm. but it's very social I'll do it at a party mm-hmm. and I've gotten to the point where and this did not used to be the case but I can have just one mm-hmm. <laughs> good so yeah so there was a lot of and that's what my i have a psychologist and Uh she says i was definitely self-medicating for years so
0: that absolutely makes sense bipolar disorder is genetic mostly from my understanding and there's a switch that kind of lays dormant or it can get activated and from my understanding that like doing specifically hallucinogenics Mm -hmm. can really just um, almost flips that switch so hard did you you find that when you were doing acid that it you would start Like having more episodes Like in a retrospective Way Like uh, obviously During the time You didn't know What was going on I'm sure But like no,
1: nah, You know I have such a poor memory Okay Like I have a legitimately And a lot of people say that Yeah And, and not that I don't believe Any of them But I I have a very bad memory Yeah It's like I, I have My memory is so hazy From mm-hmm. it, My whole life <laughs> I Currently I'm having A very short term Memory problem And so, um, it's, uh, it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, sure. That makes sense. But I do know that I have told therapists and mm-hmm. even primary care doctors that I think, you know, in the beginning, I would say this is triggered by drugs. I said that a lot, actually.
0: Understood. Um,
1: I always said it was meth, though, because I tried meth once, mm-hmm. and I just thought it had to be that meth I tried. <laughs> Which, I, I was never a meth person. I tried it one time. Mm-hmm. And I don't do drugs anymore at all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's that Robin Williams bit of like you can't do drugs when you're a father because he can't be like, oh, here's a little trick, Dad's gonna throw up on you this time, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but speaking of that, are it's so you, true. Are you are you worried at all about your kids?
1: Oh my god, yeah. I have a lot of uh, guilt about even having kids, mm-hmm. and I talk about it with my wife, and she always is just like tells me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm really worried about my son. Mm-hmm. He's. A lot like I was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So much energy, he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And that was me. I remember I used to run into the hallways and just shake my body around as yeah, much yeah, as yeah. I could. I'm sure a lot of a lot of guys or girls can relate to that when they're okay, mm-hmm. because your energy is just like bounds. Yeah. I'll, and he's that way. Yeah. And he's so smart. And not that I'm smart. But <laughs> he is so smart, and I just... I'm worried that he's going to have my problems.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, the good part about that is, like, you are now on the lookout for it and can Very help, true. S- help him sooner than you That's what you Ryan are, says. Yeah.
1: If, you're, if you are going to have issues at all and mm-hmm. you do start getting help earlier, you actually, mm-hmm. he says you actually have a leg up on other people. Yeah. As far as even just be growing into an adult. You learn so much more that other kids don't get to learn until they've messed up, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, but I absolutely relate to that I would as a kid when I was like like very young like two or three I would be in my crib and I would just jump up and down for I think hours
1: on end and True. my parents were like this kid
0: is <laughs> nuts and it's just
1: funny they laughed yeah. about it. and then but it's like I remember having this like it's like in your chest just trying to escape your body you mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it yeah, yeah. I remember it
0: and this is for a personal curiosity because of the way my insurance coverage works. Um, how has the process finding medication with a cr- p- primary care physician been?
1: Depends on the one. Okay. So I've had a few over the mm-hmm. years, but I have had a, I, I, as I've grown more mature, I suppose, which I'm not very, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely still a little kid, but as I've uh, attempted to prove to my wife that she should love me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, I've had the same primary care physician for like the last five years, and, mm-hmm. and you know, try to do stable things. <laughs> but before yeah. that, it was very up in the air. Yeah. So I had a lot of doctors. It just depends on the one. Like my current one, he won't touch mental health with a ten foot pole, and he's just uh-huh. honest about it. He's like, I didn't go to school for that. Like he would prescribe, like an SSRI, because mm-hmm. he could see it, like in my medical history, and, mm-hmm. and he know, and he could see my diagnosis. That was okay mm-hmm. with him. But, like, if I needed a mood stabilizer mm-hmm. or Xanax or mm-hmm. at least take Xanax, which I refuse these days because it's the worst thing that they made for people, uh-huh. in my opinion. And Understood. Uh, But before that, you know, there was other doctors that you could get whatever you wanted. Uh-huh. You know? And for me, in some of the times of my life, that was a bad thing because yeah. I could talk them into giving me stuff I didn't need, you know? Yeah. So Noted. Okay, so it's been it. I would say it's always been easy to get drugs. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but but uh, it's not responsible to you need a. I think, like I agree with my current doctor. Yeah, I think a psychiatrist should be prescribing those drugs to you mm-hmm. because they're they're trained to, know like you know the current one I'm seeing is the only one who has sat down and went. You shouldn't be on antidepressants. Really? And it's been a huge change for me. Yeah. Yeah. Once I started weaning off of them, I've I've drastically improved over the last month as opposed to the last, like, eight months that was happening. Yeah.
0: I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah. Yeah, It's it's getting better. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Good. I'm glad.
0: Um, Things aren't always terrible. Good. I'm glad that that's the case because that should (laughs) be, like, that's hopefully what happens as you get older. Um. But what would your you know like biggest piece of advice for someone who's facing a uh, diagnosis of bipolar disorder be?
1: Take your meds. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. But the bi- if I'm gonna say biggest, I would say find somebody, find support, mm-hmm. find support. And the, the bad thing about that is not everyone has it. But if you have the ability to have family support. Like, things can get so weird with bipolar sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not all the time. But sometimes you need people there to keep you grounded Mm -hmm. whenever things are going weird. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say, yeah, find support. You know, confide in someone. Uh, You're going to be surprised when people say they understand you. Mm -hmm. Because, especially now, uh, people are way more aware of this stuff. And it's because people like you, making this podcast right now, uh, things like me and Ryan are doing and uh, things. Uh, there's a million people out there doing it, and I think they should all be doing it so mm-hmm. yeah tell somebody and if they don't respond tell the next person mm-hmm. and if they don't believe you there are programs in your city that are ran that are public systems and you can go tell them and somebody's going to care about you I promise like somebody will care about you tell someone I guess that's the biggest one <laughs> good great well thank you for doing this yeah, man, this is, uh, thanks for having me. I've, um, I really enjoyed coming out here and I knew I was going to because uh, just our, even our slight messaging was fun, so. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. You
0: can, down, yeah. but you can try you can try, you can try, no can tell me how.